chapter 20. We've covered three things so far. We've looked at the problem they're faced. Three nations are coming against Jehoshaphat and the people. And so Jehoshaphat, what does he do? We talked about this several weeks ago. He stands before God and he prays. And he says something that was very important in his prayer. He says, Lord, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. And so that's the prayer. And it wasn't long in verses 13 through 17a, God gives them a plan. God gives them a plan. There's a plan. Now, we could just stop right there and say, well, okay, we've covered what this prayer is all about. We have a problem. You get up this tomorrow morning and say, Lord, I have a problem. And so what you do, you pray. And you wait on the Lord, and the Lord gives you a plan. Okay, thank you, Lord, and you move on. We could be done with the story. But there's so much more in this prayer that we just have to take time to cover it. So the fourth thing that stood out here was a promise. You know, when you have a plan, that's wonderful. But when God blocks, backs it up with a promise to keep that plan, it's something else. If there's anything that can boister our faith today, it's something like that. That God would give us a promise. So in verse 17 of 2 Chronicles, chapter 20, Verse 17b, he said, he is with you. O people of Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Twice it said that. Once again, reiterated, his promise was given. Do you want to know one reason why God does something like that? It's because he knows human nature because he created us. And humans be broke that wonderful relationship in the garden. So we have a big mess on our hands. We're born into sin. It's because we need that. He knows we need that. He knows how quick it is for us to begin to even get fearful and doubt. And I'll give you a little example of that in just a couple minutes. We are quickly moved by fear. And discouragement in life. And listen, I, I'm giving you the general perspective. If that's not you, and you're the opposite, you're, you're, you're okay, Lord, we're going to, that's fantastic. But there might be some here today that are more inclined to be fearful and discouraged by that. I mean, you can be in a situation and know that God's going to be there, be with you, but you can still, because of our human nature, we can still have that tendency to have that fear and concern, discouragement. And that is based on a lot of past things, by the way. So what we, I believe that God wants us to do is to develop a new habit, a new idea. And that is simply this. And I quote it in quote marks based on the word. Lord, I don't know what to do, but I know one thing, you're with me. And when he gives you a plan, you say, Lord, thank you for the plan, and I know that you are with me. That's a new habit we need to get. So, and I want to give an example of what that looks like. When we were growing up, and if I apologize if I've said this before, but when we were growing up, uh, anytime any of us were sick, do you know where we went 
on Sunday night. We didn't go to the doctor. We didn't go to the hospital. We didn't go to urgent care. We went to church. Do you remember what we did during the service, during prayer time? We walked down to the front and we were prayed over at home because church was closed on a Tuesday. One of us didn't feel well. What do you think my mom and dad did? Prayed for us. Prayed up a storm. Then, if we didn't get the result and it didn't go away, then and only then did my mother try some medication. But she first gave God every opportunity. That doesn't mean God failed. That doesn't mean God didn't hear the prayer. That doesn't mean God wasn't there. Because God always has a plan. How he's going to use what we're going through. And there's reasons God lets us go through it. He tested Israel for 40 years to see if they would trust him. 40 years to see if they would trust him. Think of that. So we could be going through something because God wants to see how we are going to react to everything. God has a plan. It's part of our growth. It's not God has abandoned us. So that's how it was in our home. We developed a new habit. You are with me. I received a little bit more news this recently. Not only am I in dialysis, I just discovered from Christiana Care that I have what's called a prohibitive vessel disease in my stomach, which means that I have so much calcium in my vessels in my stomach that the blood isn't flowing through strong enough. And it can be resolved through a surgical procedure, which I'm open to. And that we had an in-depth conversation with a surgeon on the phone. And, uh, but you know what? <laughs> Hung up the phone and you know what I did the rest of the day? What I always do. Because you know why? And I mean this with all my heart. Because I know God's with me. I know that God has me. I know I'm in his care. So it's a new thing. But it's a good news is it is a solvable thing. But I believe that he said you could have had this for years. It may not do any worse than you got. He gave me all kinds of good information about how it works. I wouldn't know I have it. I have a perfect heart, the doctor said. My heart is totally perfect. No, no vein problems, no blockages, no plaque, no nothing. So I said, how in the world could it be in here if it's not up there? And uh, nor do I have the signs of it, even by what the doctor, by what he told me I could know I didn't sign. But you know one thing I know, God is with me. Am I praying about it? Yes. Am I going to seek professional help on it? Yes. Because I don't know when it would be healed. Because I don't feel anything here. That nothing is wrong, you know. So I have to follow the wisdom. Luke was still a doctor, you know. I have to follow wisdom to see what needs to be done. All right? So keep that in prayer as well. But here's the point. Let's learn to replace fear and discouragement with the first reaction should be the Lord is with me. Now, after we have the promise that he's going to be with us, which is very, 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 very important to us. Let's take a look at the praise. It's in this prayer, just for a moment. And it's there more than once, but let's look at it. Verses 18 and 19. It said, Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground. All the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites from the clans of Kohath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. 
Now, you can praise the Lord silently and you can praise the Lord loudly. They're both appropriate. One is not more spiritual than the other. A loud prayer versus a silent prayer is not more effective than the other. It's not. Praise is praise. Worship is worship. Prayer is prayer. Here's the secret. Let's do it. <laughs> you know, I mean, have you ever had those? I, I tend to be a singer. In the, I, I'm not a showerer. I'm a bather. Put me in a tub of hot water and I sing away. I do the national anthem. I do Christmas carols. I do worship songs. My poor wife has to hear it in the other room. So, hon, did you hear me singing? Oh, yeah. I, I like singing in the tub. I like reading the Bible. I like falling asleep in hot water. I like that. And uh, praise and worship may be the first things that we do not do. Think about it for a moment. Don't get mad at me. That we may not do in the midst of a battle. It really may not be because the natural human inclination is, oh, God, oh, my, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong? There's a friend of ours that uh, we were having fellowship with one night with another couple. Six of us were playing a game together. And the host of the home, husband, he left the room because the phone was ringing. And it happened to be his son calling long distance. And so when he came out to the table to the rest of us, he says, uh, Jason wants to talk to you. And she said, oh, is everything okay? Is everything okay? She got frantic and fearful. And all he said was, with a smile on his face, says, Jason wants to talk with you. She automatically assumed the worst case scenario was on the other end of the line. And he wants to say, hi, Mom. <laughs> How you doing? If you're going to call long distance, let her have a few seconds with you. I don't care if he has family or not. He wants to talk to his mom. But she automatically assumed, and I said to my wife, I said, hon, that concerns me. This is a woman of God. This is one of the best Sunday school teachers we ever had at Calvary. She was that theological. She was that solid. Born and raised, uh, you know, Church of God, then most of her life in, in the Assemblies of God. But her first reaction was so many times the way we might react when something we hear some bad news is we start being frantic. No, we've got to remember the new habit. Lord, you're with me. Or, Lord, you're with this situation. We got some news about our grandson in Colorado that he needs a lot of prayer. And the issues he has. And my son-in-law, about his ankles. And how serious things are. They, right now, they're saying nothing they can do with him. And he's just in a real mess. Many years in the military uh, hurt his body. And uh, so, to make a long story short there, you know what? Neither my wife and I are frantic. Neither one of us are discouraged. Neither one of us go, oh, God. Nothing like that. You know what we did? Lord, we know what you can do. Lord, we're here to be with little Ryland, be with Sean. You know why? Because it's inbred in us to remember today, after this, more than ever, not that you don't, more than ever that the Lord is with this situation. Praise and worship may be the first things we do not do. But God, well, he just has a different perspective. He says, in everything, give thanks. 
God has a different perspective and a different system of victory we have. Ours is the microwave perspective. Lord, do this right now in Jesus' name, amen. And we expect God to push the start button on the microwave and give us an instant response. God's more the crockpot God. The problem's in the crockpot, but he's letting it slowly be taken care of because of his sovereign plan. Because of what he wants to do with this. Do you know that when uh, some of the funerals over the years I did, I had a funeral this week, but some of the funerals I do, do over the years, uh, I, I would give 10 reasons why we benefit from somebody's death. 10 ways we do. I'm not going to go over them right now. That's, a, that's not the place to do it, time to do it. But I can think of many things that God is doing when someone passes away. Are you ready for this? It doesn't do one thing to benefit that person in that casket. But all these things have everything to do to benefit us of what God will do through someone's death. I told the people Friday, I said, all right. I said, take your hand, spread it out. And they did. I said, the Bible says in Psalms that life is like the span of your hand, hand breadth of your hand. I said, from this little finger to this thumb is your entire life. I meant to bring my bottle of water to skirt in the air. And I said, let's give it a New Testament twist. The theological people like Old and New Testament. And so I said, James says, life is like a mist. It's here today and gone tomorrow. And I was going to squirt the bottle and watch the mist disappear. I said, that's your life. It's like a, one breath. I said, if you ever smell somebody, there's a nurse that came to work on me this week. And uh, every time she walked by, she smelled so good. I said, you smell good. A guy, I asked a guy the other day, didn't even know the man. I said, sir, you smell good. What is that? He said, I don't know. <laughs> I said, well, it smells good. And when he walked away, nothing there. It's like that person, went, and then they're gone. That's life, folks. Look what we, look at, look at you, look how long you lived. And look at all that God has done through you. And God, I love what our Sunday school teachers said today, what God can still do through us. Still do through us. The Bible says, in everything, give thanks. Pastor, I'm not going to thank the Lord for a flat tire. Well, okay. Can you thank the Lord for providing the money you needed to fix it? Can you thank the Lord for giving you an opportunity to let your light shine to somebody who changes your tire? Folks, I can just go all day with this stuff. And everything give thanks. Lord, I don't know why you're doing this, but thank you, Lord. Or why you allowed this, Lord, but thank you, Lord. I believe, God, that you've got a reason, and thank you, Lord. Can it be? One morning when my wife was in Michigan going off to church, I wasn't uh, going at that time in the morning, and she went. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I apologize to work. Apologize. And uh, the car wouldn't start. Oh, man, it was one of those cold mornings in Michigan. 
I said, oh, Lord, Jesus, please, Lord, please, Lord, please, Lord, please, Lord, start the car. I promise you before God, if you knew what kind of car we had, you'd know it had to be God to start it. Every day, it started. It started. I'm a young man in the Lord. I'm a young pastor. You know what I believe? I believe God started that car. I'll believe that until the day I go to my grave. I believe God did. I could tell you story after story after story that would blow your mind how God provided, how God was there. And in all of these things, we're learning something. And it was in our interpretation today of the message. And I'll get to it in a moment here. It was, we're always learning something in all these lessons that we do go through. With these victories, we go, we're learning something. He used the word victory this morning. The Lord gives that word victory. All the past victories. That's in my message today. There, there are lessons we're learning in all these experiences and that's all part of the beautiful things that we're thanking God for. So for in everything, give thanks unto the Lord. Because of all that we're learning, all that we're gaining, all that we're able to pass on. Story after story after story after story. Thank you, God, for helping us. Thank you, God, for what you're about to do. Thank you, God, for your will being done. That's all happening when we go through these battles. So let's take a look at the position. It's on your outline, the, the, the position. Uh, this interesting concept. We've had the problem. We've prayed over it. We've got a plan. We've got a promise that he's going to do the plan. I don't have to wonder. I don't have to question it. He will. So I put a new phrase in my life. Lord, I know you have this. Lord, I know you're with me. Lord, I know your will will be done. Whatever you want to use, put a new thought in your mind. All of this has now happened. And then we have the praise. So then we want to take a look at the results of the prayer. But first, let's take a moment on uh, the position. Verse 17b, last part of verse 17b. He said, he's with you. So what is that? The, what, third time now at least? Oh, people of Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid or discouraged. So the very two things that we tend to be like, afraid and discouraged. Remember I talked about that at the beginning. He's still telling them. Why? Because God understands us. God knows our human frailty. God knows our limitations. He knows how quickly we're prone to be that way. You know, it is a mind-blowing thing to see somebody raised up in a good church, raised up in good theology, raised up in good teaching, raised up in good care. And they go to work one day and they, they talk to a friend and this friend says, do you know that what you believe in isn't Really, for today? It isn't? No. Show me in the Bible where speaking in tongues is for today. Huh. And then they walk away from your church over one conversation. This is the humanness of us. This is the frail we are. I'm telling you folks, it, I'm going to have my wife put on my gravestone if I go before her. Three simple words. Read the Bible. 
I'm telling you, folks, get into your word. Because had this young person, and we've seen this happen in our church, when they walked away, because one person said that, I've even debated people come in against me. I've debated, bring your Bibles, let's talk about women in ministry. Or in the Bible, does it say women shouldn't be in ministry? If you understand the teaching of the word, you'll find out that Jesus used women all the time. God used women all the time. Deborah. Oh, one of the female pastor's names in the New Testament was changed in today's world, was changed to a man's name on purpose because they didn't want anybody to be raised thinking there was a woman pastor in the Bible. And that's a fact that can be backed up in the archives. So what happens is somebody hears this stuff and they walk away from it then and now they're off not experiencing the beauty of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We're prone to do this if we're not careful. So go out against his mouth for the Lord is with you. So there it is. There it is. So why is this so important? Well, there's the hard part. And this may be one of the hardest things in the whole message today. It's so simple. It can be so hard. Ready? Because God wants us to face our battles. And we heard that this morning. God wants us to face our battles. He doesn't want us to run. Do you know that God's a miracle-working God? Do you know that God could have taken care of them as he did, we'll learn, as he did. Do you know that God wants us to face our battle because there's something he wants us to learn? He's something, there's something he wants us to gain? There's something he wants us to be able to tell others? You have to understand there's a reason God wants us to face battle. More reasons than we could imagine, I'm sure, because God's got an infinite mind. He's just unlimited. Un, he's just out. He's just, wow. Boundless in his knowledge. He wants us to go through our battles, face our battles, go through our battles, and not run from them. Now, listen to this. Does all the prayer and scripture we used in our previous battle that we went through cease to be effective in our next battle? Let me ask that question again. Does all the prayer and scripture we used in our previous battle we had cease to be effective in our next battle? Can I back that up with scripture? It's a good question. You're thinking good. In fact, should not our faith and victory in our previous battle cease to be effective in our next battle? Just another way of asking it. Let's ask it again. Does all the prayer and scripture we used in our previous battle cease to be effective in our next battle? Because if, should our victory, faith and victory in our previous battle not have the same strength? So, did I not gain strength in the Lord through the previous battle when I prayed and God answered it? And whenever it was answered and we moved on. Should that not same prayer and faith that I use, have the ability to give me the greater strength for the next experience. Yes or no? You see. So you say, Pastor, can you back that up with Scripture? Well, Romans 1, 17, you can jot this down. Romans 1, 17, 
talks about faith to faith, that you will experience faith to faith. And one man walked up to me one day and said, I disagree with you in your message. I said, how's that, my brother? I like it when they come to me instead of talking about me. And he came to me. He says, well, faith to faith implies going from one church to another, from one denomination to another. You know, what faith are you? Oh, I'm a servant of God. What faith? Well, I'm Catholic. No. Go home and do your homework. Check me out. You should check me out every time I'm in this pulpit, by the way. That's your fault. If you don't, you should check me out. So here we go. Faith to faith meant to go from a faith walk at the beginning through our entire life. So faith to faith had to do from one faith experience to another faith experience to another faith experience to another faith experience. And guess what happens? You increase your faith. You're increasing your faith. Be careful asking God to increase your faith. We don't need any more battles to have the Lord test our faith. I'm just joking with you. You know, I'm having fun with you. Uh, but uh, yeah, Lord, I want my faith to increase. Well, guess what? When, that, when you went to that battle, it's like, Lord, what's going on? Well, I'm increasing your faith. I'm strengthening you. I'm giving you opportunity to know me better. Because there's more I want to do in you. and There's more I want to do through you. There's more I want to do for you. So when you exercise your faith in me, I'm, I'm just going to pour in more on you. And so we are strengthened by our faith. And so guess what? I hope that every single one of you are living your faith to faith. So here's the story. Um, I can stop now. Or you can give me an opportunity to finish. It's, I got maybe five, six months. Will you let me to finish? In mind? All right, let's do that. All right. So let's take a look at the results of prayer. The results of prayer. And uh, the scripture for that in verses 18 through 22. King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground. All the people of Judas in Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites from the clans of Koath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. There we go again. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. This is so, it was just so neat what he did. He said, believe in the Lord your God and you will be able to stand firm. Right, two things. For, what is he doing? He's reminding them. Reminding them of all that has happened in history. All that has happened with their people in history. All that God has said to them now for this battle. And you know what's the second thing that's so beautiful? You know what the word believe means? Well, it means trust, reliance, etc. Yes, it does. But it's not past tense. Believe here is an active verb. Which means keep on faithing. <laughs> keep on trusting. Keep on believing. You've got the proof. You've got the history to back everything up that God has said so far. There's no reason for us to have any concern but to just do what he says. So believe, trust, and rely on. Be active in your faith. Believe in his prophets. 
and you will succeed. You see, his prophets, why would he throw that in there? Well, because they had all the previous learning over all the years and the current learning and the current word from the Lord through the people who spoke to the people of Jehoshaphat. So the, the current speaking forth the prophecy from God. Believe in them. Listen, believe in the, his prophets. What, not so much in that person as much as what they're saying. That's why you better know what they're saying, folks out there. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising them for his splendor. And this is what they sang. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. Pastor, where's the spears? Where's the slingshots? Where are the swords? Where are the shields? Where, are, where is their armament? Well, you remember I told you earlier, God has a different perspective on giving us victory than we do. We might want God to do it our way, the way we always think we should do it, whereas God has a different way. Why would he do that? He's God. God can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, however he wants, to whomever he wants. It's God. It's just the way God is. Don't put him in a box. Let God be God. And so they went out there without sword, spear, etc., and they gave thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. That's what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures. That's what they sang. And so while they're out there and they're going through that regiment of singing and praising, we, we see the power of God going to work. Verses 22 to 23. So we're doing verse 22 again. At that very moment, they began to sing and give praise. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, there were swords. Oh, there were spears. There were slings. There was all kinds of things that day. But they used it on themselves as enemies. Do you know how many times I pray, Lord, confound the enemy today? Confuse the enemy today? Bring, bring discord, dismantle the enemy. Let them turn on themselves. The armies of Moab and Mount Seir turned against the, their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they had destroyed the armies here, they began attacking each other. Israel, all they had to do that day beyond the natural way of thinking how we would do things, they were just singing praise be to the Lord, all kinds of stuff, singing Praise the Lord. God is good. It's not easy to praise God through a battle, but it is a wise thing to do to praise God through a battle because God knows what he's doing. Then we, of course, we end up with quickly the provisions. Verse 24, so when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables, more than they could carry. There was so much plunder that it took them three days to collect it all. On the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, which God has named that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. It is still called the Valley of Blessing Day, which is, we know today, Baraka. You know what happened? Is what I pray today, and you should 
pray as well. You ready? The wealth of the world can become the wealth of the church. And I pray, Lord, there's a lot of wealth in this world, and the church is limited, but unlimited when you're the provider. So we pray, God, that you will provide for the church. Let there be enough funds. Let there be enough workers. Let there be enough opportunities. Let there be enough of what's going to take for us to do our job and reach people for the Lord. So what we have learned is that prayer unifies. Prayer gives us a plan. And prayer gives us the victory. Now, let me, let me just, uh, I'm closing. And we did good. We actually did good. We got done like we normally do. Praise the Lord. I told the people at the funeral Friday, I said, do you know what it means when a preacher wears a watch in the pulpit? No. It doesn't mean a thing. That's what they did. They laughed. It had been a long service. It was already getting close to two hours, an hour and 45 minutes. So I, I went through my message, but I, I got out what God wanted. And, uh, and uh, that's what counts. We got it out. <laughs> I, I wanted to scare them a little bit so they would listen. Listen intently so I can get through my message. So here's some takeaways as to why we pray. To unload our burdens and our petitions. To hear from God, to know his plan, his will, to experience his will, and to keep our lives in his work ongoing. And by the way, all of this happens through prayer. You know why I call the message through prayer? Because tomorrow morning, or today, later, when you get up, I want you to, when something comes up and that troubles you, whatever, just remember two words. Through prayer. Just remember that. Start your day tomorrow. Through prayer. When you sit down to eat. Through prayer. <laughs> when you talk to somebody about the Lord. Through prayer. You get my drift. Think of those two words. And just start praying. You can pray under your breath. I, I pray for clients. With my, with constant, I'm, I'm praying for them. Under my breath. Because of what we're talking about. Sometimes I'm saying. Lord give me an answer for this one. We have some interesting subject matters in our office. Some very interesting. There's some bad, sad things happening today in our world. God is good, amen? So through prayer, we will gain the victory. Through praise the same. Let's, let's have prayer. Father, I hope that we've learned a few lessons again to remind us of the many things that the Word teaches us about prayer so many times, Lord, we see the word prayer, we just kind of quickly move on and say a, a brief prayer, etc. But, Lord, we, one thing about Jehoshaphat, he was very specific in his prayer. And I believe that the Bible says, if I'm not mistaken, in Philippians 4, make all your petitions known to the Lord. King Jehoshaphat was very specific. We need to be specific. There's, there's some general prayers that are appropriate. Lord, save people today. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. But then the word is also getting very specific. Father, help me when I talk to my neighbor about the Lord. Give me the words to say. We can get specific. And our prayers puts us to work. The most effective prayers on earth are the prayers that we become the part of the answer to the prayers that we're praying. 
So I need to do everything I can to help this lady that I pray with to get saved. I need to hopefully she'll be there in the parking lot again. I can take more money. I can give her the Bible. I can start discipling her. And if that's going to be our meeting place for the next several weeks, so be it, Lord. We're going to try to get her into the church, Lord, where she can be spiritually fed and get fellowship with people so she won't be alone. Help her, Lord, to find a place to live. We've given her a direction where she can go get help. So, Lord, undertake for her life, Father, because as she becomes a Christian, she now can affect people in her family, her life, that may not know the Lord. So there becomes a chain reaction, Lord, when we bring one to the Lord, they help bring another to the Lord. Undertake, we pray, Father, and may you continue to work by your Holy Spirit. Be with this precious church as they move ahead. Help them in all their endeavors and plans and events they're going to have here in the near future. Just bless and use them, we pray, to touch people's lives. We'll give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. And we love you, Father. Amen. God bless you. We love you, folks.